0: this is hardcore podcast you just heard Nomad the track now this is off a demo believe it or not and uh, the band spells it X Nomad X but I don't ever know if those X's are silent or not I know that when this kind of metallic hardcore was really starting to come up many years ago I I never would have heard a demo at this level Uh, this band is representing Ephra Records, which is out of Connecticut, and they're doing a whole shebang. It's a record label fanzine. And they've got a slew of releases. I mean, you can check it all out at the band camp. I'll have this linked up in the podcast notes, T I H C podcast to get them. And uh, you know, the tour that everybody's been talking about, the pain of truth Alpha Blood Record Tour, it hits the Pennsylvania, Southeastern Pennsylvania area of Philadelphia. At Phoenixville at the Polish Club, Saturday, November 4th. And the bill is as stacked out as it's going to get. Pain of Truth, Coyo, Life's Questions. It's, it, you know, you would think that alone would just make fucking people happy. But, uh, we got Vomit 4th. And then it just gets crazier. Adrian Balmora and Nomad, all part of this Ephra Connecticut thing that's popping off, and cool to see new things, new things come from old things, or re-examining, or for the new kids, unearthing some cool shit that kind of is lesser known, I'd say. I mean, I don't know everything about every band on this, but so far, um, the bands on that tour um, Nomad, Balmara, and Adrian's opening that show, which is the, a crazy, pain, and true show. It's going to be fucking madness. And, uh, yeah, I like this shit. And so, check it out. The remainder of this podcast, I'm going to keep things very simple. We have a lot of shows to announce. Um, also, this, Saturday, this Sunday, Hatebreed, Terror, Jesus Peace, Internal Bleeding, at the Franklin Music Hall. Be there. Should get wild, right? We'll see. Um, for me, you can go to phillyhcshows.com and follow us, phillyhcshows, on Instagram and Twitter. Tons of shows. More shit getting announced. We'll have a show announced for tomorrow. Well, I guess for today. Our friends Dark Buster and The Noise coming through. Broken Goblet. The Brewery out in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in Ben Salem. We're going to announce it on Friday, On Sale Monday. Uh, we have a bunch of shows coming through there. We're going to be more involved in co-promoting and putting on some shit, shit some sick shows there and um, just more rooms for us to work with. Uh, got a crazy list of shows through the fall, and you can just go find it at phillyhcshows.com. With the last couple of minutes, before we get into talking to Jamie Morgan of Code, I would just like to continue to say If I was a younger person in hardcore, I would be confused because every little bit, something pops up on the internet and completely can either dominate the space or muddy the space. I like when people say like, oh, it muddies the space, but the truth is sometimes there's a lot of really goofy shit that you just read and you got to consider not only the source of what this bullshit is, but you got to... You really do have to question, like, why is someone running to the internet to quote-unquote get in front of it if it's the truth? And that's what I'm going to leave you with. There's so much goofy nonsense that people just rush off to get to the internet before the other person does. It's fucking nonsense. It's silly. And then, um, in, in any of these situations as of late, I really could give a fucking flying fuck less. There's too much cool shit. There's too many awesome people. Doing absolutely amazing things. Um, If you're up in the New England area, go to SSD Control's uh, book release for How Much Art Can You Take. The book's fantastic. The story's great. Um, If I had had already had plans to travel out to the Mothman Festival in beautiful West Virginia, I would be probably heading up to Massachusetts to be a part of that great event. You have the Civ book just came out. Another fucking fantastic read. With all the positive things in Hardcore, when these stupid little things pop up and people rush to the internet to just get their take in, you just gotta fucking, you gotta just remember that the people that are trying to get out there in front of it are bullshitters too. And also it's none of your fucking business. If you didn't see it firsthand, really probably doesn't affect your life and just stay the fuck out of it. That's the way it's been lately for me. I don't have the fucking time for it. Philadelphia hardcore has been on point. The bands around us are growing, people are starting new bands all the time. This Saturday, I can't believe I fucking said this till this time. I'm I don't have my notes in front of me. This Saturday is the Philadelphia hardcore fucking barbecue. Philly hardcore shows barbecue. Bob Wilson started this shit many years ago. It's how we found our good friend Ben Soupy Stucky, who's now the king. In Fool's Game and a million other bands. The first time we met him was him coming to one of these awesome barbecues. And um, yeah, that's how how this shit goes, man. Bob Wilson, fucking on point. I I really can't say enough about just the way that the younger kids are starting to take hold. I heard there's awesome shows going on in Delaware, out in the Delaware County, etc. New Jersey's got some new shit. The Philadelphia Hardcore b- Immunity, Barbecue, Dorselessness, Discontent, Disjoin, OG lineup of Hair to Stay, Last Man Out, Okay Buddy, Pain Clinic, Rip Off, Scarab, Shot Out, Strength for Reason, Vespid, and the band we just had on there, Nomad. This is at 645 Lewis Drive, Warminster, Pennsylvania. The Warminster VFW, September 16th. It's a 2 p.m. show. Ten bucks. When are you going to go see that many bands for ten bucks? Bob Wilson, continuing the tradition. Absolutely fucking fantastic. Had to find a flyer. I was in the middle of running through all the stuff. Bob's about a bunch of cool shit. Actually, the next weekend is CDC, Rock Bottom, Missing Lincoln Fools game at the Tower Volunteer Fire Company. So many cool shows. Um, I just again, I'm proud of the area. I'm a little disjointed, still getting over the injury and trying to make this shit work. Um, we got a lot of really cool shows, more venues, more kids than before, and a lot of positive shit. So no reason to go to the internet and go into the bicker battle of who did what, who did this, who didn't do that. It's not worth it. It's a waste of time and energy. Hardcore is awesome. This conversation I have with Jamie Morgan is important to me. He uh from the. Outside of that band actually establishing themselves and communicating with us in Philadelphia, there was something different about them. Something weird, you know, broke their balls a bit, as I do always. But something special about them and their growth and the way that they push their band. You can you hear it all on episode eight. On a warpath with Jamie. That's 123 or 20, whatever, episodes ago. Check that out. Now we're talking to a grown-ass Jamie Morgan who is elbow, rubbing elbows with the finest. I mean, Steve Albany just coming in and recording. The stories he tells is great, you know. But this this new thing that Code's got coming out is absolutely fantastic. They got four tracks out now on the uh, Spotify. They're all ass rippers. The talent pool that they're drawing from is amazing. The amount of effort they put into this band is outstanding. And... People detract and hate on them because they don't follow in suit. And yet all the bands now that kind of were DL shit talking this band just copied all the riffs and tried to do the same thing just in a fucking broke ass version. Code Orange Rules, Pennsylvania fucking legit real people doing real shit at the highest levels in the music industry and still remaining true to their friends. I don't know what else you can ask for. So let's fucking go. This has been a long time since I've actually had on the show one of my favorite human beings. And I say that sincerely. Jamie Morgan from Code Orange has not been on the podcast in three years when when I was accidentally recording with the microphone backwards and didn't have video and had so many problems, didn't have this fancy little wall built back here for the video. There's so much things that changed for me in three years. So I can't even imagine for those who didn't know it's episode eight on a warpath with Jamie of Code Orange. You want to go all the way back 130 something episodes, you may.
1: First 10. But I love that. I was right. Yeah, you were
0: because and and the reason why he was in the top 10 is because when we were doing this show initially it was to not only talk about the people but the people that innovate and built themselves up in their own way. It's a key key element of talking to different people in hardcore. Now I've, I've gone a different way now in a hundred something episodes, but from the outset of our first conversation on the show, you guys handmade this entire project and you're still at the highest levels of now we are at the highest level of rock and heavy metal music on the planet earth. And you're still doing everything like you were when you were the kids and that's fucking just unbelievable
1: thank you man i appreciate it i'm just into i'm just into the fuck to the art you know so to me that's like it's all about being able to create as as, uh basic as that sounds so i wouldn't really i mean there's some things i would have another way for sure but in terms of like the main creative stuff and like all the art stuff, I would, I would, I love to do all that, you know, and I would always want to do it. Um, some of the logistical stuff, as you know, it gets tired to have to fucking do that kind of shit, but um, the art stuff, I love it, man. I live for it.
0: Well, so this is art and, and one of my now tutors, Sean Garrison, a longtime old hardcore punk maniac, Talked many times about the importance of art and warriors and the importance in art and life and the struggle that it is, is very much like warfare. And I think that people who engage themselves, not in the replication and just the continuation of whatever their ideas were, but are constantly in a struggle, not with themselves alone, but with people around them, people in the industries, and then. You have to have a competitive edge. You have to have mindset of outdoing yourself, outdoing what's been out there. And I think that when people talk about music and talk about records, they're very positive because they don't want to include these ingredients. But they're necessary because without the ingredients of taking over or outdoing, because if you're not beating yourself from the last one, what are you doing? And if you're not trying to be ahead of everybody else, then you're lying. And then if you're not trying to do something that you're able to sit back and be satisfied with, then you're just going stale. And yet, you know, you've been you've done this more times than anybody I know. Where you're on the trip of talking about the last record or the last thing you guys put out, and you have to put positive spin on it. But this on this podcast, we could be really fucking real art is war and if you don't look at it like war and you don't push it in a way of determining uh, determining that we have to be the best we are so no one can take advantage of us for looking like oh they're falling off or oh what are those guys up to and i and i think that in our private conversations we really embodied that but i need people to understand and this war this war in you is a war against your art
1: yeah i mean to me it's just even the past couple of years of all, it's been all kind of working towards what we're doing now. And like this time period. So even like talking to people during those times, it's hard to convey properly, like where you're at. You just kind of want them to see that next thing to understand like where you're at and what, what you're thinking, you know? So for us, for me, the only way to stay sane is to just, Keep pushing forward and not um, try to drown out whatever the noise is at the time and um, the noise that you have within and just truly put your best foot forward. Like, that sounds cheesy or whatever, but, I mean, I do put my best foot forward in everything that we do, and that's our ethos, you know, and when you kind of talk about the DIY um, origins, that's what it is. It's like not – it's just like – there's nobody that can do it do exactly what you want better than yourself so so regardless of the ebbs and flows of the game you just got to stay on the path like for me like getting specific I just believe that we make great records and I believe we always make our greatest record and I think we did it again so I'm excited for people to just to crack that open finally
0: I'm gonna say something that you may either crack up about it or not realize I had a long road trip this past weekend in New Hampshire. The realm jumped into a minivan, and took off to go play a solo show. And a hundred percent of the realm rocked a hundred percent of the last EP. Let's and, go. and it's, it's emotional. Love if it. you really, if you really listen to it, it's emotional. Um, oh yeah. The, you got the the mirror kicking things off in the in the series of four songs and the way it transitions. It's so real to see that you guys have never left what you started, but you're able to go so much further
1: than where you began.
0: You know, music. Well, dude, I,
1: I really think, like, wait till you hear this record and how, because those songs are, 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 even in the way, what I was really pleased with was when you like, go listen to those songs right now, are all like out of sequence of the record because they're just you know kind of categorizes the songs that have come out together and they flow in a cool way right now right but when you really hear this record dude i really think you and anybody who's into like just our world of music not hardcore or like metal or just who likes like fucking rock music heavy music in general i think that you're i i really believe this one is the best swing we've had at the whole picture. And I think a lot of, I believe that a lot of different people from different corners of our past and future and stuff will really enjoy it. I think like there's there's something for everybody and it's, I can't wait for for you guys to hear for the whole, the whole shebang. Cause it's one of those old school records where it's like, it's a record, you know what I mean? Like you need to jam the fucking record. So I'm glad people are digging some of the songs so far but I really think when you get the record, that makes me feel like people are gonna love the record because it's 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 even a way better experience. So I'm very excited. I'm sitting here with it right now. Check it out. I just got it. So here, this is it. Holy um, shit! Um, and then I'll show you the little inside and shit. It's it's like the most comprehensive uh, thing we've done. And then, dude, we have like the full like full-size booklet, like old school.
0: Oh, my God, like, I miss that so much.
1: Poppy table book comes with all the records, with all these handmade collages my sister and I did for fucking 12 hours a day for like three weeks straight, locked in a room. So, dude, I'm just excited to to drop the whole thing. I think if uh you've ever liked our band or you're just basically looking for an alternative to some of the more popular stuff that's out there that's maybe in the rock-heavy realm, I think this is going to be for you, so I can't wait.
0: I mean, the thing about doing what you just did, you broke the mold already musically uh, early in that pandemic. You captivated us all. We talked about that when we all had to sit at home. And the only thing was that Friday night where that Code Orange record, the Code Orange video went live and everybody sat at home and was mind blown by it. And there's all these different things that took place. Like seriously, just took place in the time. And then uh, we specifically had the opportunity to come out there and see your return show in your hometown. And that, which
1: we kind of sucked at, but we're, we get the still fuck out there. Shut up. Wait, dude, I now, I can't wait for you to see us, dude. Cause right now we're fucking like, and also this will be this show we're going to do in Pittsburgh. Normally we do Pittsburgh and it's like first, right? So you're not like up and running, but now we're going to have some in the book. So I just I can't wait for the next time you see it. But I thank you. I always love dude when you are seeing you and you know a couple of our, our close boys out at those shows, and it does mean a lot to me.
0: I I do this thing that band people may think is weird. I like seeing the show, and so the problem with seeing the show in a hardcore scene is that you gotta be one of those four hundred people that are behind the band, and. Yeah. I didn't want that. So I, me and the guys found this awesome amphitheater seating on the balcony. And yeah, it was overwhelming. It was like, this was, and you got to remember, this is where I came from. This is, this is where my immersion into punk rock and hardcore was formed in metal and in stage performances and seeing bands doing shit and the lights and the, the fucking graphics, the little movies. It, it's just so unreal because at the basis of hardcore and punk was always stripped down. It's bizarre. The same people that were trying to not recreate what was going on in the seventies and early eighties. Sometimes within then eventually try to do it later on when they could.
1: Yeah. That's true. But
0: you guys legitimately look like I kept going. They're a real
1: fucking band now. Like, like this is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like this is this was so a great moment for you guys, man. What what I think we've actually figured out more since then, and like since that first show, and like over those, like that year where we kind of did a lot of loose touring, is i we've really figured out how to like bring the show element, bring the melodic element, and also not necessarily bring back, but like continue to. Fine tune the like really in your fucking face element to the point where, like, I feel like we could do something again, like your fest or do something of that ilk and fucking hang and smash it. You know what I mean? But it took us time to like, cause we rebooted the system again and it kind of took us time to get it to full fruition. But now it's now we're fucking running hot. We could do, we could do an arena, we could do a fucking basement, we could do it all.
0: Yeah, I think. I think for you guys, you know, you have, you were really going through a lot. Um, you were fighting with a label, fighting with everybody around your camp because you needed to do what you needed to do, and you felt different ways about it. And are always
1: fighting with people, as you know.
0: <laughs> well, that's, the, that's again, part of this conflict and uh-huh. the struggle of the art of war, right? And, and that's the thing you guys did. You guys really went from that little thing to you did your whole tour um, you played some huge rooms With different crowds And I think that you are now More comfortable today Than you've ever been In not doing What everybody else is doing And you guys are I would say almost like What you guys are now Most known for is Wherever everybody else is at Code Orange is in their own Little corner Creating music Creating art Fighting against the people That are the naysayers And then the naysayers In themselves And I, and I have to wonder if Just being Elevated to the opportunity to hang and work with someone as accomplished as Billy Corgan Taught you anything about like this journey that you're on like Holy shit, we're at the point now where these big names Are trying to invest what they have into us or show us something It has to mean something to you
1: Oh, dude, that experience was awesome Like the way I viewed that whole thing was just just to try to soak up as much info as possible and as much like knowledge as possible and as much of the moment as possible. And just, I think we've had such a long push and pull kind of like career thus far that you do, we have, we do, you know, while on one hand, we are always kind of looking forward and therefore missing some things, the things that we do value, we don't take things like that for granted at all, you know, because we've done it all. So We've had highs. We've had lows. So just getting the opportunity to get in the room with him was a beautiful thing, man. Just trying to sit under the learning tree and learn from a legend. And well, it's just like legends of all categories. You know, there's there's legends in our world. There's legends in uh, – I got to sit in the fucking wrestling ring with Triple H, you know. There's legends in uh rock, you know. There's hip-hop guys. There's artists. So anytime I can get with somebody who, you know – really is a figurehead of their sphere. That's what I, who I want to learn from and who I'm willing to listen to. I always forget that you guys
0: have this other element in the WWE wrestling world. And then I see shit on the internet and then I'm like, you guys are really dialed in. And I know the loss of that guy had to be crazy for, for me. I I, like one day I'm sitting here on the internet and I'm going read everything. And then someone's like, Oh yeah, Code did a song for him, and it was an epiphany. Like, yeah, of course these motherfuckers are probably doing songs for wrestlers. Like, I don't, I don't vibe on it, but for some reason, I have so many friends on Twitter and on Instagram that I see that hardcore is entwined in it. But it takes me to see it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We that guy, that dude is awesome, man. We really, we did some wrestling stuff, but the main person we had done like songs for was only him. We did. And the one that we did most recently was like his big kind of return and me and him had kind of like plotted out the song for like a year before we even knew if he was going to, where he was going to pop up or if he was going to be in the WWE or what. So, uh, dude, that shit's a real shocker. It's still kind of, it's still, it hit me even harder than I would have ever thought because obviously the guy wasn't my best friend, but he was my fucking buddy man we used to talk all the time and he was super into like sick music and he was just a fucking awesome dude so that one really has crushed my soul a bit but he gave us an awesome chance with that man like he fought for us to get that song as his song fought hard for us it was not like a thing where we were approached by a company and they it was like a personal like connection and we just he wrote it out until the end that's all i can say about it but Yeah, so it just, yeah, it sucks, that whole thing.
0: I just like that you are able to, A, enjoy it, and B, find that as an avenue to get to people to hear this music. Because it's not, it is, you will will fight and argue with me that you're, you know, the hardcore kids are this or that, but it's a hardcore band and it's transcendent into this modern element of a world where music just does what it does. Could be in wrestling, could be on the fucking internet, could be on a commercial. It's crazy where the punk started, and then where hardcore scene is going. And yeah, you are one of the people that are really broke out. And now, with the more people talking about the mainstream and stuff, you guys are still always in these conversations. Does that make you feel weird to go from being like the kid who just wanted to do this to now like whenever there's something. Uh, a buzz <laughs> you you guys are pulled in to talk about mainstream elements of hardcore and underground shit.
1: I think it's not so odd for us in particular because we were always, as you know, like just a bit of an odd duckling. We were never like, we didn't go from being like, let's call it not your stereotypical, but like your mainline hardcore act to transitioning into something different. I mean, we always had very strange bizarre elements going on the seeds were always there for i think the things we've done so artistically it's not like to me to me it makes all makes sense artistically obviously i'm the one fucking doing it so you know i'm pretty biased but um no i think it's good i think that i always really appreciate that we're ever just a part of any conversation i mean we're just kids from here and we've been scratching and clawing the whole time we never took the elevator up as you know we paid a lot of dues as you know and we you know appreciate everything every conversation we can be a part of we appreciate every eye we can get on us and you know um we're not going to compromise the art for that and we literally never have and we never will I mean and people will hear that on this record as well but at the same time uh we're grateful for it I love being in those conversations and I feel like we definitely have a seat at the table we've Attempted to push things in a different direction artistically and haven't been afraid to like wave the flag of wanting to be seen, um, which is sometimes been to our detriment in some ways. But to me, I felt it was important to be like, no, you know, we want to be seen. We we want to be we want to be out there.
0: Did you break out of something or break into something when you left whatever the picture hardcore being like a bubble, like, a, like one of those snow globes? when you guys broke out beyond just hardcore, did you find yourself in a different area? Like metaphorically, legitimately, how does it go from being where you were there? And when we were talking about it before you were ready for bigger things, but now that you're on the bigger things, do you see that there's still so much still to do? Like, how do you even
1: manage that? Yeah. I mean, hardcore is an interesting thing because it's not just a kind of music. It's a social thing. It's a cultural thing that's kind of what's beautiful about it and what's very, very unique about it. And like, I'll do these interviews with people like that obviously aren't fucking you that are not my friends. That'll be, you know, asking me, well, questions about hardcore. And I always kind of stop. them. And I'm like, the, they're like, what do you think about people who say you're not hardcore? I'm like, dude, like hardcore is like my blood, you know, it's my culture. It's like what we're from. It's not something that, we even play, you know, and we can, we know when bands and people are from that and when they're not. It's not really something you can put on and play, at least my version of it and your version of it. It's a culture and it involves being a part of that culture and paying dues in that culture and being respectful of that culture. So, you know, when I look, you know, when we look beyond, it's all from like the lens of art. And yeah, I really do want our band to be as popular as it can possibly be but more than that much more i want to make the best fucking records we can make and i'll never ever sacrifice that for anything and i never have for one single second i know that i can look in the mirror and know that every decision we made came from a place of like what we wanted to do artistically and a lot of the things we're into are things that were not really so much now but were very very popular so we naturally pull from those things as well. And we have ambition in that regard. But um, I think that the hardcore thing is just interesting because like when we talk about escaping the bubble of it or whatever, it's like a lot of that in my head goes with like timeline of certain social events, certain interactions we were having with people and bands. Like it's more of an interpersonal thing that like people close to me would be aware of as opposed to this outer lens thing. like we almost felt at times pushed out of it by people around us, not by like the music, not even really by the fans. You know what I mean? We would feel pulled into it or pushed out of it. And that's just being young and learning and being part of something. That's like your culture. It's like your high school you go to, but it's also a kind of music, you know what I mean? So it's an interesting thing.
0: Do you find yourself
1: looking at what's next
0: and, and wondering if, if if hardcore is high school, and the and the bands that like you know beyond just the, the fact that you have connections with the Billy Corgan Smash and are you finding it intre- like a difficult course to figure out like, okay if we're not just going to play with Madball once a month, who are you guys going to start playing or you you're more concerned about where you put your own shows down and then eventually get pulled into that world?
1: Yeah, it's difficult to figure out. I mean, we're definitely on a little bit of a tightrope right now where our Vision and our what we've made with this, and like the way it has to be presented, and logistically, even how you can present it. You know, we're not quite at the point of popularity to be there to be able to do it the way we would want to do it. So, I think our goal is always just to cultivate a fan base for us as much as we possibly can. And we've always felt to do that because we do feel we're doing something a little bit fresh we have to pull small amounts of people from many different groups to kind of create our group. Cause we, just like, we didn't fit in opening for Madball. We don't fit in hundred percent opening for Slipknot. We don't fit in hundred percent playing Coachella. We don't fit in hundred percent playing for Suicide Boys, but there's people in each one of those groups that will want to see us, I think, and that will be fans of us. So that's kind of like how we've always tried to book our career and yeah, we just have to, well, we have to see what happens. It's an interesting time period for us just, you know because you know we want to we always want it to keep pushing and we want it to we want it to grow uh spiritually as well as you know in terms of people but we want it to feel like it's on a on an upward trajectory for us you know in our in in our art you know
0: the coolest thing about coachella and code is like the minute you guys were on it all i did was sit there and scan and um just look at articles and like things and this is like the line that i saw from oh and i was looking up cuz i knew we were going to do the show tonight <laughs> the line is uh bodar uh where is it no there's another there's another one it was uh basically saying like conars were born to be the coachella misfits and i think that that's important to be that it's important to be not like everybody else on the bill because if think about how many hardcore fest you've played where everybody's done one cover all their friends are on stage every song someone takes the mic you need to present a different angle if you're going to stick well, out but, in this world right now.
1: well joe like yeah like but you know that was us on the hardcore shows as well it's the same thing i mean we've been doing the same thing we've never done one single tour where we were like yeah we just fit right in here we never the hardcore shows we stuck I like a sword thumb the fucking metal shows we did do sometimes you know it's more mixed and it makes sense um weirdly enough the support tour where the crowd we felt that we least stuck out was the hip-hop one we did that was probably the, the best crowd that we had in terms of like a opening up for the suicide boys deal but um yeah i mean it's the same shit as fucking you're saying mad ball or opening for terror or opening for fucking whoever it's like we didn't fit in there either people would yell shit at us then and get shit from the bands and now it's just (laughs) it is what it is you just grow and well that's part of us you know again
0: that's also part of that whole back to the idea of to be in to love your art you got to be at war with it and everybody around you you know like you have to do things that are difficult and you have to do the things that another person wouldn't you you embrace that you you made that your whole thing like oh they're over here just doing that well we're gonna spend all of our free time building these things and getting these ideas. You guys are still entrenched in all this. I imagine working up to this sure. next record. You have to be, you have to be to keep the flow of it going. You're not at the point yet where you're just paying someone else. And all of you guys are just out there doing jujitsu 10 hours a day.
1: I don't think we'll ever be at that point. Cause like, it's like we, this is the first record we ever produced ourselves. Steve Albini engineered it, but shade and I produced it. We fucking, you know, made me and my sister made the entire art layout top to bottom me and shade made the videos so i mean you know it's still still the same game you know it's just it changes but it doesn't change you know i just i don't know i think i'm just a control freak about it wanting it to come off a certain way because i just feel like with how assorted it is and how many different things we're throwing out there it's got to be perfect. Cause if it's not perfect, it stands no shot. <laughs> like in my opinion, it's like, if it ain't perfect, no one's going to get it. If it is perfect. Well, some people might. So that's kind of like the way we approach it.
0: How do, how does Steve Albany come into
1: the equation? What does he actually do? He, so what we did was, you know, we made these demos, caught these songs out, and then we practiced the shit out of them. And then we went to him and, you know, we had our tempo maps. Some of the songs are off the click and chicks who want to be more fucking live and some more, we had our whole game plan. And we spent just like three weeks recording the whole band, like in a room together. And that comprises most of like the live band sound that's on the record. And then we mixed that with all our little weird things. And we did vocals separately and we did all the electronics and we went and recorded strings on our own in Pittsburgh with like, Ruda's sister and Joe's bass teacher and just very DIY. We, we And then me and Shay just spent months piecing it together. And uh, so Steve just made the band sound awesome and ran a nice tight ship, but he wasn't, he's not like a shot caller. You know, you got to have your plan and you tell him what you're going to do and he's ready to make it sound good. And that's all we needed. So it worked out perfectly and he's, it was awesome. It was like the best, uh, one of the best recording experiences we've had.
0: Um, So he records, he doesn't come in with ideas. I like yeah. I i I'm, when I hear the word like Steve Albain and I, I like knowing that he's so legendary in this process, he was good with just like, hey, I'm gonna track you guys and you guys That's what me. he does.
1: He wears a garbage man suit to work every day. And he yeah. I said, Why are you wearing a garbage man suit? And he's like, Because I am a I am a technician, I am just a worker or whatever. And I'm like, All right, he's fucking insane, but that's I cool. Love him. <laughs> he wouldn't fucking make us all of these coffees for like half the day. He wants to go make them himself. You know what I mean? Each one for every person in like one of those individual like machines where he's doing the whole deal. He's just a fucking weird dude. So, and he rocks man. He makes guitars and drums sound fucking awesome and he mics them right and they sound good and we know what we're doing and we know what needs to go again and we say, okay, we got to go again. We got to go again and then he'll say, oh, this one we got to go again because the mic was fucked up. Okay, that's his role. My role, Shade's role, Reeve's role. Oh, that part was fucked up. We need to do that again. So, you get it. You catch my drift. Yeah. he's the tech technical guy. You know what I mean.
0: That's so fucking awesome to sit there in a room with him, knowing how much magic he touched, and him just being like, "I'm just tracking this shit. You guys got to roll with it." That's, That's fucking how he awesome. is. He
1: loved it, man. And he like told me it was one of his favorite experiences in a while. We put it in this little vlog that we had. We posted on YouTube, but you could see a little promo with him where he just basically like, "I've had such a great time doing this. Like, I didn't expect this to be so fun. Like." You guys are so prepared and he just loved it. And we just, it was great. A lot of the, not nastiness, but like a little bit of venomous problems that we have come between like people and our creativity and the process and things getting fucked up. But when you're not involved in that and you're just working on it, then everything's all good. So we finally figured that out on this record. Like we got to have the keys. So we ain't arguing with people.
0: When you argue, what were they were they just trying to mold you in a different way?
1: They just people want to do things in their way, and they have their they want to have their opinion and things that they very well should have, but you know don't always work for me. But it's Doesn't your mu- me, it's
0: your music, and you have to take it on tour with you for three hundred something fucking days at a time sometimes. So if you're recording it at this guy's behest because he has an idea. Unless you were like, holy shit, this is a fantastic idea. I think you do got to trust your gut because you trusted your gut through this whole thing.
1: Well, dude, it's like I'm also mentally psychotic, so I'm going to hear stuff that they're not hearing and I'm going to obsess over it. And I'm going to, you know, it's just I mean, all the guys we've worked with are awesome, though. Like We work with Nick Rasmunitz He's a great guy. Obviously, we've been able to work with Will a good amount, and he's really easy and amazing. Kurt Ballew's awesome. And it's all been great, but there's always a point where it's kind of like becomes a bit too much. And we didn't want that this time. We wanted it too much just to be on Shade and I and make sure that we were carrying the load, you know.
0: Well, again, it's your project. and um, You have to live with it. You have to roll with it. You have to literally live it on stage in front of all these people. It's not right if it's not right in a record, it's not gonna be right when you do it live. Now that we are talking in the sense that you've got a lot of shows under your belt, how do you feel being the guy up front without that drums in front of you? How do you feel seeing the people when you're playing? How does that feel? Because you had a totally different experience behind that.
1: I fucking love it. It's the funnest thing in the world. I mean, it's literally fucking awesome. You know, it rocks, man. Fucking compared to drums, drums fucking sucks. So it's great. It's much more exhausting, but it's fun, man. It's it's a ball. You're connected with the people. It's the greatest experience you could ever have. And that's pretty much it. It's like fucking crack.
0: I I, I wondered, I know when we talked after you played, you were like, it was your first show doing this. And I was like, dude, you're going to be fucking awesome at it. You look fucking cool as fuck. Looking cool as fuck actually for front men is actually sometimes – in a live perspective, almost unless you're at like a maybe if you're you have a specific tone that you sing, important looking cool, looking engaged, be, playing the role is so fucking important in metal. so fucking important in punk. You know, sound is almost secondary as a singer. But I know you're going to be fucking hard on yourself, so you're going to grind it out till you felt good with it.
1: For sure, dude. I had a show the other day where. We played this fest, and you no, know, we've been we've been singing this song a million times. I know I can sing it. I fucking am great at singing it, but I get so fucking gassed out because, like, dude, I'm dying. Like, it's a new set list. We put two absolute fucking maniac songs in a row that just gassed me to death. It's a big ass crowd. Like, adrenaline's going nuts. And so we get to the song and I belt out the first part of the song and I like my, it's, it's literally not there. Like the gas makes it. So my voice is just not there. And so every day since dude, you know, me, I've just been running sprints and just running right into my garage. And I just, I'm going to do it when we hang up. Cause I didn't do it today. Cause I've been doing interviews all day, run a sprint, go in the garage, sing the song, gassed, run a sprint, go in the garage, sing the song, you know, so just fine tuning and trying to get better and, be the best I could be And Just trying to stay As di- as disciplined as I can to that Because I do want to be the best at this
0: This is why you're going to do it Because you're so fucking crazy
1: I, mean, <laughs> I love it I, I, I literally I, I, Well no I,
0: I I applaud the insanity I, I, I fucking tell you If you're not going to be crazy about it You're not going to get to this level Most people accept mediocrity They look at the internet I, I deal with those all the time Well look what the internet says Well what does the internet really matters anybody and no one's going to face controversy <laughs> so they're going to say the nice things but you have to live with that shit the fact that you do the running and sprinting and then then doing that part and that's a i same- just
1: started i started doing it because i was like all right i'm good we practiced a lot i'm in decent shape i'm training a lot I'm training jiu-jitsu blah, blah blah and then i'm like i'm good but then dude you gas the fuck out like it happens so once you gas out you gotta have to come to jesus and just fucking put it on so i owe it tonight i've just been doing trying to do it every day for a week or two we'll see if it fucking pays off for the show <laughs> or if i fucking gas out again i'll fucking kill myself but we'll see
0: is code's world the beginning of a of a run or is code's world just uh we're opening up the world and we're gonna do this fucking thing and show you guys what we've been working on
1: codes world is kind of the last show of this little mini run and then we'll get to our real run a couple months later you know like we're setting it up now do a real tour and all those kind of things we're getting that all together right now it kind of worked out a bit oddly but we decided to do start off with some sporadic stuff instead of trying to cram a tour because we really want people to see this thing first like we want to see what they fucking think about it we want to see how it hits the world you know and We want to play after that. We don't want to play before it. We don't want to have to put a tour up before that. I want to have the full impact of whatever it is we've been able to accomplish and then go and do that, you know.
0: So it's like the promo to show people, hey, when you see us live, we're not just standing out here. We've got I don't even want to know what you guys got because I can only imagine how crazy it's going to be. But it sounds like this is the preview of what's to come
1: yeah for sure and i just i want the record it's one of these records i want it to be out there i want to be out there and then i want to go out and i want to play a lot of it i want to play eight nine songs off of it and i really feel like that's what it deserves it's definitely our best record and i'm just i'm i'm chomping at the bit but i just want to do it right i didn't want to like rush it and you know i want people to absorb this i can see them absorbing each piece of it as it comes along and even just doing mirror the other day in the video, I think people, hopefully the goal was for them to go again. Like, Oh, this is not, this is really not what I think's going on. And then, you know, they get to open their fucking Christmas present and we'll see if they like it. And if not, then whatever.
0: <laughs> you're always, you're always ready to do that. Um, like, Oh, well, whatever. And if you're not on the team, and I love it. When take shape dropped, were you anticipating any kind of backlash? Were you were you anxious? Like, where was your head at when you dropped that?
1: I just hoped it would make any kind of noise, and it did. So I was very, very happy because I was like, as long as it just doesn't go off silent, I'll be happy. And then I thought, oh, maybe it'll be negative, and it was mostly really positive. I mean, it was way more positive than I would have thought for sure. It seemed like people really liked it. So uh, now, like, yeah, they told me that today it's like, creeping up on the radio rock charts it's like number 36 or something and so it's making some cool progress so i'm i'm pleased with it so far you know I'm, I'm very proud of it obviously you know me i always want more and we'll keep fighting for more but um it made a lot of noise that day and what else can you can you ask for
0: i have this I wonder if you think it was flying a new flag when you dropped that like telling people hey we're going to be entering a new fucking space. Look, we got our boy Billy Coogan. Oh, yeah. We're doing oh, some yeah. different shit. Like, how did that yeah. feel for you when that dropped? Like, in that sense?
1: Yeah, we kind of put out these two heavier, buggy, parasitic songs. as like a precursor, like not as traditional singles. That's why we didn't do videos for them. We did them in a bit of a different way, somewhat subtler, to go play in Europe and almost establish this kind of underbelly. Maybe something people would think we were going to do. But then, you know, and you can even kind of – see it in this packaging and stuff but it's like there's there's these different sides i knew that take shape was going to be like the first song like new visuals new look new identity look completely different as you could see the video looks completely different everything sounds different and that was like the mission statement peace
0: has everything still stayed in house
1: in terms of
0: this is a video, the way you guys do all this stuff. I know you put a lot of your own time and you put a lot of your own money into making sure everything is instead of just going to someone and going, hey, we think we kind of want something like this. How how oh, deep yeah. did it, how deep did the action? I actual- would never do that.
1: Yeah, I would never do that. I would I never have- ask anybody anybody for something like that.
0: Go through that process because one of the coolest things about oh shit, my dog's going off. One of the coolest things about code is that you guys just don't play the music. But you guys embody the art and you guys push these fucking things in your own skill sets. So who went who did what to get that take shape to where it had to be?
1: Yeah. So the way it started was like a year ago, I started writing this short film that was gonna be like seven music videos and it was gonna kind of encompass this record and kind of go on the whole journey of this record. So I wrote like seven of those and I put together this whole big visual treatment with images, and it was a whole fucking big Big old gimmick. And then I kind of was shopping it around. Pitched it to these guys.
0: Uh, Sadly, I had an interruption. And we had to cut the commotion in between when Jamie was beginning this question to how he was answering it. Sorry, folks. But let's continue One.
1: You want me to keep rolling on that? Yeah, keep rolling on it. Yeah, so long story short. Short story long. I made this kind of pitch. Uh, I met through um, a mutual person to do to like work in film and cinematography and, and like have a camera rental situation. Kind of pitched the idea to them to try to work together to kind of do it independently. And one of them, you know, uh, awesome dude named Eric Robbins, he wanted to link with me and Shade and love the idea. So then the shit, of course, as it always does, got distilled down to just doing these two videos. And so we started writing, putting together Take Shape, and, you know, as it was getting closer, shit was getting tight, and I needed, I I wasn't quite ready to take on a video of that scale without learning a little more. So I called up Max Moore, who's done all of our videos, and was like, dude, would you like co-direct this with me? And basically, could I sit under the learning tree of your shit and like teach me like the real shit? Like, I want to be there for the meetings, I want to be there for the scouts, I want to be there for everything, not just fucking horse shit version. Don't just slap my name on it. He said, yeah, he's the fucking greatest guy ever. We did this shit. And then uh, I was really psyched on how it turned out. And then Mirror was done totally just, it was the first one that we did completely on our own. So it was me and Shade directing uh, our Nowhere to Run thing, collective directing, which is me, Shade, and that dude, Eric, who we met uh, through this process, who's like our DP now. So now we're pretty much open for biz to do any and everything because we have, we got the skills, we got the, Direction. We got the cameras. We got everything. The animation. We edited the video ourselves. Uh, wow. So Mirror is total in-house production. uh And then Take Shape is a uh, me and the team and Max Moore production. Max Moore is the fucking man and has taught me a ton. So yeah, we'll see you going forward. But I was really proud of Mirror, and it was nice with shady to just sit there and edit it and make it flow exactly how we wanted it shade did all the stop motion completely diy made all the clay figurines in his oven printed the reba doll out of the 3d printer painted it we did the whole deal that's what we do
0: are you doing this to do the art and then hopefully if someone's just they can come and hit you for this or is this you do it because you don't want anybody to do this and even though you're starting this little company do you envision ever doing shit for other people
1: I would love to do stuff for other people. I mean, I would love to do artful stuff for other people, like stuff that is fulfilling. But yeah, no, we did it because we're code and this is how we do it. But, you know, what happens from that is, yeah, I think me and Shade and Eric, we would love to get in the game and do things for people. I think we could make some pretty damn cool videos for people and hopefully eventually make make a film or something, you know, the ideas and all the skills are there. So that's definitely a world I would love to get into, you know.
0: Surprised you haven't. I think that the thing that we talked about previously on the last podcast, for those who may not have listened, is just how much the individual members and as a team, what code does to put back into their own art. And if you don't or don't know, you should go back and listen because he's what he's saying here is yeah, they may have some outside help, but everything that you're seeing from the band comes from the actual fizz. And that's why we've been talking about the art so much. You guys aren't just playing music. You guys are creating these things. And that's such a deeper investment of time, investment of like, hey, I want this to be our energy and not borrowing from somewhere else. And I want our uh, it's your art. And that's why we keep saying with the same theme here is this is not just a rock band. This isn't just some kids. Oh, yeah, I would do something edgy. Like, no, like you guys invest hundreds of hours into every fucking minutiae necessary to give code the absolute this is code and it comes from the actual people and i i, I don't know many people i mean you could you could sideline and say you know it, this is very black flag ish at times because they had such important impact in every aspect of their band you know from putting their records together that it would sell it's very much in line with that kind of stuff
1: I love that. I mean, I really appreciate that as a compliment. You've always been really encouraging to us in that regard, I'll say. And you've also always been very good at making us feel, even very early on, welcome in your community and in our, I think our state has this amazing community now. And it just feels almost even like a bit of a fish bubble from the rest of what's going on for better and for worse. You know what I mean? I feel like we live by a similar code in certain regards. And part of that is doing doing the work that you need to do. And for me with code orange, it's just like the only way I could be go to the end of this journey and look in the mirror and be okay with whatever happens, because you know, my hopes are always so high and my ambition so high is if I put my best foot forward. And if I put my best foot forward, then I'm hoping I can live with whatever the result is. You know what I mean? And if you don't, then that's on you. Some people don't care. Most people don't care. And I get it, but I do. So,
0: well, yeah. You think about all the different things. Like in back in my day, you know, like everybody would just call 1 800 J Converge and he would give you whatever the last uh, layout that was available that someone else may not have wanted and then you know put a couple things to make it work.
1: Yeah he's a he's a total like artist in that regard too and still well what I was getting at you know what
0: what I was getting at though is like there was nobody in there was nobody in punishment drawing anything for the punishment record. There's
1: nobody you know like we
0: we sent it down the line and whenever that guy came oh yo this is fucking cool this looks great everything you guys touch you guys have to be involved from the beginning from the from the imagination to put into the technical work of playing it, the the process of recording it to, I don't even understand how you deal with a guy like Billy Corgan, what he tells you, and how you take that information and put it into the song, and then oh, how no, you. Make I this- was
1: right, yeah, writing a lot of it down and just trying to listen.
0: And then and then the way that video turned out and the way the track hit, it, it's it, it's my it's not mind blowing because it's just for me now seeing this. I know that you guys are so deeper into this than just, well, we write some cool songs and we hang backstage and we play. Like You're so invested into this whole thing. To me, that's, you guys-
1: that's like, I would be embarrassed to do that. It's like not shitting on anybody, but to me, that's a waste of life to just play and hang out. It's like, I consider this my life. I consider this my job, my passion, my career. And I need to take it seriously as such. We're not here. to Like, I'm not here to just play and hang out. Like, I'm a fucking grown man. It's like, that's fucking pathetic. It's like you wake up and you go do your job and you do your fast and you do your bands. And that's all your whole life. My whole life is pretty much just doing this, which is a beautiful thing. And yeah, a lot of the time we're skimming by on that. It's not like the most fruitful life. But dude, like, it's a beautiful thing. Every day I'm allowed to live it and able to live it I just want to try to live it to the fullest and do my best and like even sometimes I got to fight my brain to do that and sometimes we got to fight with each other but it's it's the only way I can be okay it's the reason why if we ever have to put this dog down then I think I'll find peace you know and be able to keep going because I'll know well dude you fucking tried it and maybe people didn't fuck with it that much and maybe whatever the time wasn't right or maybe it was or whatever but you tried, and you did your best, and that's all we can do in life, you know, we're not, especially, it's a PA thing as well, it's like, there's not all these fucking opportunities coming to, to us or bands from here, or like, it's not even a thing, like, there ain't even that many popular bands from here, period, of any kind of music, if you really break it down, compared to a lot of other places, so I mean, you're on your fucking own, you know, so, that's it.
0: I love that when we talk about the beginning of something new, you're always, you always have a little bit of foreboding and like, Hey, if this is how it goes
1: out, I'm good with it. (laughs) Hey, you gotta be bro. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but the thing is I'm, I'm a I have a lot of duality too, because one part of me has so much hope and faith and belief in what we're doing that we can fucking slam dunk it. And another part of me is just like, has fear, you know, and is like, fuck, like, I put all my chips into this one fucking thing. Every chip, like, it's everything I got. It's all on this thing, you know, and I'm getting older, you know, the shit's, it's a nice roll, but that's life, you know, so yeah, you'll hear that shit from me. I'm not going to fucking lie and act like I'm just like, oh, yeah, we're going to be the biggest man in the world. I have no fucking clue, but I know we fucking could be. I know we're good enough to be. That's for damn sure. So, whatever happens, happens. So, like,
0: we sit here and we talk about this now, but when we were talked last, we didn't know what was next. We were in the, that pandemic. Everybody was like, "Who the fuck knows how this is going to come out? Who who knows how this is going to work?" Yeah. What I see in my in my scope of watching the last three years is that the newer people to the underground, we can't even call it the hardcore scene anymore because. The door is wide open for everyone who complains about the gate. There ain't no gate anymore. The younger kids who have captivated and taken over the, the floor, they've taken the stage now, they are expressing themselves way beyond the regular hardcore influence. And they are so fucking open that I think where you may see yourself saying like previously, oh, well, these hardcore kids don't think we're hardcore. The door is wide open on what that idea is. And The Underground is so much more for, the, the tolerance is so much wider for different music as far as like what we haven't heard. Um, the band that you guys brought out on the road in um, last year, Loathe is a great example. Like I would have never assumed that you would find crossover in the hardcore, but yet it was there. You know, there's just these bands that are not from the traditional punk hardcore who are metallic and have these different ideas. And now bands that are established are messing around with these ideas. And, and no one is on the pulpit going, fuck this, we hate all this. It's it's really a different world for you now.
1: It is. I. I. I it is. And I still feel like even in that different world, it's hard to fit in. You know what I mean? Like,
0: well, you're not supposed us.
1: to. You're not supposed to. It's, it's hard to fit in. It's like, you know, when you talk about, when you even look at like this, this kind of style of like fringe, like heavy music that's really popular, like it don't sound anything like what we're doing, you know? So there's, there's kind of, there's always that, that thing. And hardcore is the same way. Like, I think it's interesting that since COVID, COVID created, you know, there was a long period there where there wasn't like a new wave yeah uh, since our, since our wave and then covid created that somehow i don't know how but as soon as it opened up the new wave started i think would you agree i,
0: I 100% the, the, the i actually think in the to the succession of everything going on everybody had to sit back and go what's next and uh we we'll, we will take the credit for having um played the only pa hardcore show we went out to uh the old preserving and played with uh, AJ when it when when P- uh, Pittsburgh was green and Philly wasn't. but also oh, yeah. um also when we came when we came back with the year of the knife show, there was never so many people, and I would look and I even up until this past um be it March or yeah, it was March, Bob did tsunami, and i even I rarely tweet live any ideas of the f- shows. But I said this is the first time, and I was talking about you dickheads. This is the first time since 2014, the code twitching tongue tour. Yeah. I'm sitting at a show and I'm seeing mostly people I don't even know in this fucking show. Yeah. And so to me, it, we we are in the beginning of a new epoch for hardcore, a totally. different world, a different group of humans. And you know, some people are still with us, we're losing people more and more, but it's a different time, and the, the newer kids, whether they're 40 or 20, I like saying kids, the newer hardcore kids don't mind the diversity of what the music is coming from. They're they're okay with going further down and ruin boundaries, and I think that that gives you greener pastures to seed yourself within these kids because they weren't even a part of the, how come they don't play this stuff from I Am King anymore? Like They, they weren't there for it. You know, so like That's you have, true. you have this fertile uh, accepting populace who just wants music and just want, and, and really, I mean, you hear some of the, you hear, I now hear influences in some of these heavy guitar riffs in shit you guys were doing literally 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. I feel that. I mean, I guess we'll have to see, I'm curious to see how we sit with those kids and stuff. Yeah. We definitely haven't really yet gotten acquainted with all that. I think that we probably will coming up here. Um, I've gotten to meet, I don't know, you'd have to like name some of the bands, but I don't, I've met some of these bands. I know some of them, some of them are new to me, you know what I mean? So I'm becoming, I mean, I'm still pretty damn young, but you know, the generations go on and it's hard to, you know, uh, fucking know everybody, like personally, but I'm always keeping an eye on everybody. And I think there's a lot of cool shit going on. I mean, I do think in a way it's cyclical because some of the sounds of stuff reminds me of, you know, certain periods before what we were doing or whatever, you know? So, but it's, it's fresh, man. It's, uh, it's big. It's really big. It's way bigger than it's been. I would say ever. So, Um, I'm going to
0: now, now that you open that, I've been waiting for that for this moment to, uh, to talk to you about this. To do you, to be you, to be your gang. I say you, but it's to be Code Orange. For the Code Orange people listening, it's not just Jamie. It's to be
1: Code. It's everybody.
0: How do you filter outside influences in your art? Like things that you take in, filter it so you use it and not be repetitive to old processes or be trying to recreate something that was already out I, I, it's to be unique. Essentially, is what I'm saying. Is how do you use your influences to be unique, but you can still tell that you were influenced? It's got to get harder as you're on your how many records? You know, like how how do you still do this? A lot,
1: man. I've been able to crack like one. They inspire the shit out of me. Like Reba songs, Shades ideas and songs. Everybody's like influences. I watch a ton of movies. I read a lot. I listen to a lot of music. And then we make stuff and the idea slowly starts to form and I start connecting thematic ideas and books I've read and fucking feelings I've felt and scenes in movies like in palettes and it starts to come together as like this big collage in my head, a collage that I can never make or would never be the same without the influence of everybody in the group. I mean, there's... I couldn't do fucking anything I'm doing this band wise without these guys. I mean, they all play in like fucking. I feel like it's just a big. Abstract. Puzzle that slowly comes together. And right now I can't see the next one at all. I just see this one and I can like, I can't even ever see another one, but who knows, you know, but this one I feel like it's presented itself and then it's my job to do the work to put it all together to make it work together and they present great ideas and Reba presents great melody and Shade presents a great beat and it's like, well, we can't just use that beat as a song because that's just this type of thing. How do we integrate that into something different, you know, so and make a new stew and I think when you hear the record, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because you we're know, going to hear a lot of cool mixing and matching that we haven't even done before so. And it's a whole new, you can tell already. It's a whole new vibe. It's a whole new everything.
0: I I will have to say that hearing that you think that books are important in the influence is really awesome to me because I think I spent most of my time reading as a kid and then listening to records. So I look at them as similar. I think totally. a book, I, I think a book, a good book leaves you in a mood and a good, A good story, a good plot, a good moment leaves you completely um, with uh, so many different uh, aura of emotions. And I don't hear people talking about books so much as in music because they're saying like, you know, in hardcore, it's a little easy. because Oh, we want to sound more like this or take it up a notch here. You know, you you heard all the things that people say about hardcore music. But I think to really get to the heart of emotion, you have to go beyond just a medium of music to do it. And I like that you said that
1: it's a it's a back and forth because it's like on one hand we want to make sure the music exciting we don't want the music to become so post that you don't get the entertaining parts to us it's really important that every song be entertaining whether that's a pit or a chorus or uh a, a, just anything that makes it memorable that's very important but then yeah there needs to be deeper layers so maybe it's like i'm reading about like a uh, some some philosophical things, and you know that'll trickle on, or maybe, and then maybe I see a movie where those same ideas are touched on, and I see the palette they use to express that, and maybe that's what leads me to a take shape, or leads me to a you know a mirror vibe, or then maybe you know, um, I'm reading a book about fucking parasites and how they attach to bugs, they attach to their hosts, and they make like bugs that think they are. Need to stay underground or that need to stay underground to survive, they make them go to the surface and into the light. And something like that clicks as a metaphor to me, where I'm like, it's almost like the journey that we're on, kind of striving towards success and adoration. And then I'm like, well, I've already been writing about light and these different ver- forms of light the light of inner self, the light of the Digital commerce, you know, and it's like now these web of ideas really start coming together, and that's how you get this, you know, uh, and and things bleed into each other and start creating the, the package.
0: Nature has a way of teaching us all lessons. I, I, if if you were to ask me the things that I would actually spend hours watching, it's either nature shows, history on anything, especially if it's like fucking war or like legit history not boring shit because you in in war you have human emotions and you have the human element that fucks everything up at any given time but in nature now we're getting shown something different i spend i know the bug you're talking about and i and i love the idea that there's these different creatures that can literally completely take over an entire (laughs) another animal all right, we're going to take you over now. We're going to brainwash you. We're going to yeah. fill you up full of our larvae, and then they're going to eat all of you. And this is just how we we, we work in symbiotic ways that way. It's a crazy thing. I, I love that you do that because I, I, I can't tell you how calming it is to sit there and watch that shit, and I've been doing it since a kid. I actually am fucking mind blown now. Do you ever watch the ones that are just like, how do they even get under the ground sometimes? You see the bugs. It fucks me up. That We're able to to know all this shit now. I, I as a kid, sure. I you you are younger than me. Did you guys ever cut any cut any animals or bugs up in school or no?
1: No, but you know who did cut bugs and animals up his fucking dom, but it was on some more Jeffrey Dahmer type shit, it seems like
0: that. <laughs> well, so. he's he's Ill, I mean, that's how you did it out there. So there was always this big ass grasshopper, and all the all everything you cut up smelt like formaldehyde. But since you didn't understand the process, there was such a weird it's not it's not a I some people may have not the stomach for it, but it's such a weird thing to think now that there's an entire era of kids who didn't have to go and cut up this butter- I never do that. I don't think
1: I can do that.
0: Uh, not- it, well, I mean there's not like you're not stabbing into something in a blood getting shit. It's all like a weird, weird formaldehyde smell. And then you have the boys throwing stuff at girls in the flirtatious ways, but it it definitely was an experience if you were if you lived it, because you're like, you're really looking inside of something. I mean, the first thing they usually show you is this hairball and it's an owl pellet, because owls spit out their food when they're done. So you would take apart the owl pellet, and there might be like a little mouse skeleton or something.
1: Yeah.
0: So our generation was super fucked up. But I also tell you, like, uh, I you guys are doing something that reminds me of the pink floyd. And Pink Floyd, The Wall was oh, yeah. like probably one of the most epic things in my life. I, I the the record I still I still listen to, the the movie I have on DVD VHS everything, still so crazy impactful because the images, lock in so deep, with the music and the mood. And you guys have tapped into that. And you're one of the few bands that have the acumen because you're doing it all yourselves. Everyone else will be like oh, we would do this, but it would cost too much money. Where you guys like, well, it's going to cost us time as it costs us blood, sweat, and tears. But I think it's not a bad comparison to put that you guys are on that for me when I see I draw the comparisons to that.
1: That's a good, no, that's a good example. And even later than that, I mean, Nine Inch Nails definitely were inspired by the wall doing Downward Spiral and The Fragile. And, you know, there's like, there's a lineage of kind of conceptual records that line up with visuals and that's something I really love as people can tell. And uh I hope we can, we're still not at the point of resource that we can really do it to the fullest, but I think we're doing something with it where I, I have a grander idea that I would really love to do, but we'll see if we're able to get to that next uh, monkey bar or not to do that. But what we've done, I'm proud of so far, you know,
0: I love that you brought up the, the Niners Nails influence because I was, you never want someone to say because you you know uh it's easy to say in hardcore I'll go to like a Marauder ripoff. But you you know almost when you're talking about the high arc, something like a code orange, it needs to be said that that the take um the fucking the mirror has a different vibe, but it, it all pulls back into shit for me as a kid, whether it's take shape, mirror, and uh, the heavier stuff at the end of those songs really just remind me of of a modern take on the original code. When I would sit there and see you guys play and go, this is some of the heaviest shit I've seen at this, f-. like, you know, like code orange for people not knowing <laughs> your sets were some of the heaviest sets at, at this hardcore be like, all right, code's going to get on. This is going to get really fucking ignorant.
1: It's, it's funny to think of, <laughs> there was a, there was a time where it was like a fight set. Like it was well, like, that's it what was like. It was like a weird, like beatdown set, but it was like us.
0: Like, Well, that's where, that's where the grooming song and the game come in. Oh, it's yeah. like, it's like, I feel like you guys were like, Hey, fuck you. We're not, we're not through with this. We just don't have. No, to- they're, they're,
1: yeah. I mean, dude, that's, that's why I'm so psyched on the record because it interweaves it all really well. Like I really feel like it, when it's time to spit out and something like that, Those two are probably the more straightforward versions of it, but there's a couple more mixed genre songs on the record that like have hooks, but then actually descend into full-on. Like the first song in the record, it's almost this like back and forth between, the verse sounds like this fucking serial killer, almost hip hop thing. The chorus sounds like, it literally could be like Disney's Frozen, the musical, but in like a fucking like weird way. And then the end is like a minute and a half beat down. That's like the most insane hard part we've done in probably like ever. So it's like the mission statement of the record, you know, but there's a lot of songs on there also that are definitely more hooky and, and uh, it's mixed. It's a mixed bag, you know, but there's a lot of awesome, it's all fucking rock music at the end of the day, you know?
0: Well, you know, and that's what we we started talking about the influences you brought up uh, Nine Inch Nails and then, you know, Dude, I think that you guys are just able to do this. You're you're acting on a different level. And I, and I, you know, we could talk about, jujitsu is a great example. You see guys who know the moves and they know how to roll, but they put the sequences of moves together so fluently or in a different sequence that you would have thought of. And you look at it and go, how does he know how to do that? I find that you you and the band have been able to Put everything in perspective: what you're interested in, what you're influenced by, and what you're trying to do. The and between mirror and take shape, they're not that much different, but you know, one has the absolute captivating fucking Reba voice that just is. It really, dude, that's a hook in itself. She's so fucking powerful in that track. And then the takes.
1: Yeah. And then
0: it takes shape. The take shape feels like you feel like I, I and I, you got to remember uh, I was a straight long hair metalhead death metal dude, and when 120 minutes came out on MTV, this is where Nine Inch Nails and all this stuff really and like the grunge movement had these big videos, and so like you guys just recorded something and put out something I'm like this would have been something I'm gonna see it in the early 90s and been like this band's out of out of the fucking world like this is crazy
1: i love that i appreciate it it,
0: it, i mean seriously ties right in because you know um nine inch nails was not slayer they were not obituary or morbid angel or even pantera or metallica so when they when they popped up it was like wait this is cool too what the fuck like you you're giving this new generation that again
1: that's awesome. I fucking really appreciate that. I fucking hope so. I mean, I always like to say what's unique about us and especially this album is, you know, there's a song or a part that sounds like, you know, maybe this song or part kind of bobs like Nine Inch Downs and, and this part maybe sounds like fucking Tori Amos or something, this mirror shit. But then, the, like, there hasn't been a record where all on the same record, you get that, you get that, you get grunge, you get breakdowns, you get hard shit, you get hip hop. Like that's where I think we are we come into play of doing something cool. It's not that maybe the ideas are the most original things in the world. They're not, but it's about combining them in a way that I don't think's been done on the same record, you know.
0: No, I because people are afraid of the aesthetic where people are not able to do what you did as far as when that video came together, you know, I mean, it, it obviously Billy Corgan's name alone. And, and people are hitting me up like, yo, was that for real? And I'm like, I was, I, I, I don't say much, but I always say the same thing. I'm like, yeah, Jamie went to the whole studio with that dude. And was kind of like taken to school I, was like, I don't know what he learned, but oh, yeah, <laughs> taking totally. a fucking
1: school about it. And, and I, that's still, a- I still talk to him all the time. He's yeah. awesome.
0: I think I think that's the stuff that really premiered first was like, oh fuck. There are bands in hardcore messing around with these ideas and playing in the primordial soup of whatever their band evolution is gonna be. But you guys having Billy on your side is just like hey, yeah, this is where this is the level where we're at now. And then the mirror, dude, it just does something different because when you have someone like Reba who's I mean I wish someone could see backstage or back behind the scenes how much Reba's involved in Code. Like, she's the El Capitan. You're the voice, but a lot of that shit, man, she's involved in. I remember remember when you guys had that uh, fucked up tire on the trailer out in the suburbs, mm-hmm. and it, Re, Reba was yelling at me and fucking Brian am like, all right, whatever she needs, we're doing. We're fucked this. <laughs> and Brian's going, this, she's in control, isn't she? I said, Dude, whatever she wants, we're fucking doing. Fuck this. <laughs> you know, but it's important to see the duality of that and you don't see that much in hardcore and in and in and, 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 and in underground music because everybody tries to play a safe card.
1: I mean, look at it though right now, the people who play the safest cards are the most popular. So I as much as we talk about things expanding and people being open to new things, I don't see that much in terms of popular stuff of that musically. You know, I see bands that aesthetically have dripped in you know different things but i think a lot of the stuff that is the most popular still is the stuff that's easily maybe not it maybe not unartistic but it's easily placeable you can go okay this is xyz so it's a push and pull it's a weird time you know
0: why is it why do you feel like it's weird do you feel like it's because you don't know where you're at or you don't know where the people that are buying this music
1: now is at the second one i'm like what Sometimes I'm just looking at what's popular, and I'm like, "If this is what's popular, we're fucked." Because I, you know, you see it and you listen to it, and you just go, "I'm not going to say more than that because I'm going to get myself back down this old fucking hole I've been down." (laughs) I
0: don't need to ramp you up. Listen, I'm at the. I had this conversation the other day when someone said about realm songs, and I said we either do what the realm always does, or we try to be a band who is as old as the people who are now playing this music, trying to sound like them. And that's really the question. That's really the question is, do you play up to an audience or do you play for the audience? And then when you're playing for the audience, you have to play for yourself because you have to like this if they're going to like it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a slippery slope. I think for me, it's all about making what I see in the void, like what's not there. What's, what can be, what can add something new to this conversation that we call rock, that we call metal, that we call heavy music. I think hardcore is in a good spot. So I don't even like to include hardcore because I think a lot of times hardcore is at its best in a lot of ways when it is kind of stripped and it is bare to the elements. Um, And I think it's really healthy in that regard, but Rock and heavy music at large, you know, what you see kind of floating up there, and there seems to be the kids seem to be behind it. So I might just be dead alone, but it's not it ain't for me. you know, I think that there's void for something else. So that's what we try to we try to fill the void. that's that's always where I come from. That's probably different than what other people in the band would say, but
0: no, I actually I love that idea because uh <laughs> without being too weird. It's very jujitsu. It's find that open space, find that oh, open yeah. space, get that, get that grip underneath, get, get, get where they're not at. Go, you know, it's like, well, this, this place is less oh, yeah. defendable. And that's, that's really where, that's really where you have to go. If you're going to be uncomfortable, you have to do the uncomfortable. You, it's if everybody uh, remember what there was a time when all you had to do was play 35 seconds of fast parts and then one cool course and a breakdown and you've got yourself a record. If that's all this was, then you'd have to go the other way. And I mean, you see it again to bring up Black Flag when they said, hey, here's my war. Only side two is really slow and dirty and the punks didn't know what to do with it. I think you need to be finding the uncomfortable space where you dwell and make these people who stand before you. And I, I, if you haven't done it, take some time to look at what those guys had to go, go and go because Kira was on the tour. Watch what black flag had to do to retrain a black flag audience. who was rabid for these fast parts when they're playing. And then, so then they all started walking in musically heavier into the deeper dirge bass. Like now we're live. We're going to play this even more. To sl- it was almost like a, the most punk thing we could do is play slow and heavy in front of the punks. And I mm-hmm. think that that's what you guys are, have, have taken this in times. I don't, I don't think you guys use the black, the, the black flag analogy so much, but I think that's where you guys have taken it.
1: Yeah. I, I I, I, have you read the like Rollins, like get in the van fucking. I grew up on it.
0: I grew up on it. Like that's a, that was one
1: of the main books I read when I was like 12.
0: it, It really is. It really is impactful to read where the pioneers went, you know, like, yeah, there's a, there's a thousand pioneers, right? There's a thousand people that are going ahead and did shit but when you are going ahead and you are reading you then are now influenced by it and um, th- the things that I take influence from yeah I love what the new kids do at hardcore because they're happy with it it's like some kid finding yeah. something like this is so fucking cool and you're like well I'm glad you enjoy it, buddy but what I, what I find shelter in is going all the way back and looking for where the shit that started 40 years ago how we're using it today. And, and and that's, to me, that's like been the last five years of my life is realizing that the gap of information that I don't know can be really a lot. And then when you start putting these things oh, yeah. together, you put these things together, you're like, Holy shit, look at this. Look how this worked, Look how this works. Like, and it's, and black flag and SST and all that stuff really plays heavily into it. So I see it in a lot of shit and I see it in you guys. You know, I, I, it sounds great. I mean, that means a lot.
1: I mean, that's about as high praise as you can get. So thank you.
0: Well, you know, again, you know, for those not hip to it, or haven't you know, taken the time to walk down the road, they built their own PA at some point rented their own. They bought their own box truck. They were the guys who actually created in some respects, you have to give them the credit along with uh, Andy Summers, who was a guy booking some of the LA punk stuff. They, you know, Oregon Trail style, the video game Oregon Trail, Black Flag's touring route became the copy that we still deal with. The towns, the, the way that you tour, the routes you would take, they did that. They, like, carved into the country, and not for hardcore punk alone, you know, um, and there's, I know I hate to go on this diatribe. I feel like the Rogan when he goes on the diatribe, but, you know, they brought up in their, in their SST what would be eventually – The some of the biggest names in the '90s rock with Sonic Youth and all that, they did all that, and they didn't. They didn't go. It. They didn't go. We're only doing this for hardcore punks, and if you're not fast enough here, they just did what they did, and people followed along, and they created a lot of what people. Until you're older, and you go, "Fuck, I can't believe how many times I, I did this tour." You know, like I just drove five hours from Manchester, New Hampshire, to Philadelphia home because I've been driving up and down the East coast that long that I know I can get there that quick at night, you know, like, and she and I are going to go out to way past your town. We're going to go to Kentucky this weekend. And I'm like, I already know the roads. I already know the roads I got to take to go because I've traveled it so far, but to know when you're on tour as a band that, Oh yeah, Black Flag, they're the ones who came up with the idea. You do this, then you do that. And this how you play that. And so, yeah, Code Orange is awesome. Code R is along that lineage and it's, and you see it in a lot of the cool shit that you guys have up for. Um, it, Here's a word that may aggravate you or entice you to say something, but where does your where does your heart go when you feel intimidated by what's in front of you? Like when you know, you have to do this shit that's coming up, where does your heart go?
1: Yeah. I mean, the record is a lot about that. I mean, it's, I definitely struggle with, uh, keeping my thoughts organized and um trying to stay on the path. Um, it depends like what the task is like. Right, so the task are, is you know, the task is taking this thing that you just
0: put your entire ass, heart, soul, everything into, and you have to take it on the road. Where the fuck do you find yourself intimidated or enthused? Do you find yourself worried? Do you find yourself exhilarated? Like what, do you, like, where do your head, where does your head go?
1: I'm not intimidated to do it or do the work or perform. I do get intimidated and worried about, you know, the marketplace and if people care about it or are going to care about it. If you're being real, you know, like I want to play, I want to be up there. I want to do it. I want to practice. I want to do all those parts because that's what I fucking love. But You know, it's hard to know what's going to happen when you put these works out into the ether, especially when you kind of bury your head in the sand and work on something for so long. So that's really the only intimidating part. I mean, the doing it part is all excitement and all what I live for and what I love. Do
0: you ever get to the point where you have to like have that? Like, are you competing in jiu-jitsu, right? Yeah. So do you know that nerve part where your heart's fast? Oh, God.
1: That's the most nervous I've ever been in my life is doing that shit.
0: So when you get to that point, do you, have you ever experienced
1: that in music? Um, yeah, I get nervous. There's two versions of it. There's like the stage thing, which is like before you go do a big show, you definitely get nervous and you get tired and you get dry mouth. It's still not as bad, I think, as fucking competing because. It's fucking music at the end of the day, like to me, and I know music. Music is my blood. If I was like competing jujitsu, you're not. I'm not as confident. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm. You're nervous, but um, there's that, and then there's you know, the only other time you kind of your stomach drops is just like getting bad info, bad news, things not going well. But that's a different feeling, you know. But the nerves you get before the show for sure. But uh, I think. For the most part, I know how to control that and I know how to get through the fog of the first couple songs that come from that and come out on the other side.
0: Would you be in a place ever you think where this shit would get you too stressed that you can't do it? Because I know you get worked up, but do you allow yourself the time to get that stress out? Like, are you still actively working on that so you don't take the stress into
1: the art? Yeah, but I mean, it depends, like, what this shit is like. um, If this shit is just playing and performing, then I don't think that can ever really break me. I think the things that come along with it, internal and external, um, you know, you just have to see where the path takes you because you got to do what's right for yourself, you know? So I feel like it depends, but I mean, performing playing making art is something that i'll always want to do i definitely don't ever want to like run this band into the ground so i'm very conscious of the conscious of that but as long as we have something strong to give you know we'll do our best as long as people want to hear it and see it you know
0: you are always you're always i love it because you're always on the same thing like till they get rid of us or you always have this like they have this positivity at the beginning of the statement and then you're like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm good if this doesn't, and I feel I'm like not saying I'm good.
1: I'm just saying like I, I know the, <laughs> I know the score. We're not, you know, it is what it is. I've been on the journey. I know how it goes. I've had, you know, things that have happened. to us. like, we shit happens. Like, so see, you gotta you gotta you gotta put your best foot forward and just try to do your best. That's what we try to do. You know,
0: I I look at a long view. I look at it like a letterbox movie where you're like on the you see yourself is on the horse. And you feel the heat of the sun, and I look at Longview yeah. and I go, "These motherfuckers have been on the road for so long, and you've been doing this for so long that you feel tired, but you don't realize how far your voyage is gone, and you don't realize that Thank the you. hardest shit you had to do is going from Pittsburgh, living in North Philadelphia, and getting your band the initial exposure. The hardest thing for your band to do was be a band." With no manager, with no booking agent, when you guys were barely 18 years old, sign a death wish, tour everywhere, and take people apart, tour by tour, supporting terror. That was the hard part. Now that you've done that, it's easy. If you had to do that every day, you could be every one of these punch and play bands. That release a record every two and a half record cycles. They do the three European tours, the one support tour for America, the one headliner, the festival run. You could do that in and out the rest of your fucking natural life with this band right now, because you did that hard work. Then this hard work now is Thank the un, is the undiscovered. Where do that's, you want this? Dear, band? That's that's right. what you're that's what you're walking into now. And I don't think you. I hope you realize this that the hard thing that people don't do. Is go hey guess what the rest of our life doesn't I really wish you guys go back and listen to this first episode we did because Code said this is our life if you're in the if you're in the gang this this band's a gang it's a fucking working art shop it creates everything it is a constant moving entity in itself it's like an amalgamation of all the people it's why Shade had to come into the play it's where you oh. had to move up to be in the front all this stuff had to play because of the organism that is Code and I've watched this formulate and build and now you're at the stage where you're doing the uncomfortable because it's what's unknown tomorrow you could be a punch and play in bay uh punch and play band do the yeah. tour hey this is our next record we're gonna do this thing hey meet us with a vip special package remember to check out this a you could do that you could do that the rest yeah. of your life you could end up being as old as fucking Lee leaving at 60 or 73 years old and still do code if you wanted to but because you're fucking an art You guys are based in art and you guys are based in the war of art. That's what makes this so crazy is you guys have to go out and beat whatever the best version you are. A few bands do that, man. And I think you have to realize that.
1: Thank you, dude. I really appreciate that. And that's why I love you. That's why we always talk so often because you've always kept me motivated in that regard. And I really, really do value the journey we've been on and appreciate everything we've been able to do man i really do but like you said i do have a live by the sword die by the sword mentality meaning that it's got to check certain boxes in terms of my standard of what we're putting out there and if it does it does live by it die by it because we ain't gonna be no fucking bunch of shit that's not what this is meant to meant to do it's not why it's why it's uh it's not why we're here. There's plenty of bands. I mean, there's a million, you could look behind you and read about 4,000. of (laughs) them. So, you know, there's plenty of them. And so we got to be on our path, but I really appreciate that. Like, and you're so right. And it's hard to kind of look around and see what we've been able to accomplish, especially in like, this tech landscape where you're just seeing what other people do all day long and seeing numbers, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. I, I tell
0: you, that. I tell you, number one is ignore numbers. I tell you, ignore optics. I tell you anything you see. I, I, I grew up reading 1984 and brave new world. And I see the implementations of propaganda in our own hardcore universe often, yeah. What you see is not what you get. It's what's promulgated. And why it's promulgated is money and the people that are involved are trying to create you you actively hear people say like we're trying to create this buzz. Well, you guys were fucking what were you guys 19 years old with the fucking buzz that you didn't even know you had
1: to the yeah. point where
0: you didn't know you had it. You literally didn't no. know you had it. You're like I don't know. You're fucking anyone gave a fuck. And you I carried mean, that buzz to the point where you were working with your bros without beanie and Billy Corgan's giving you guys pointers because you just went off the heart. Well, you went off the heart. You didn't go off the, if you would have went with the, how many bad information, how much bad information and record music industry nonsense was thrown your way and you guys ignored.
1: I mean, bad information there and the kind you've heard a lot, which is hardcore bad information, which is like (laughs) this guy or that guy and this band or that band telling you this is what you need to do. You need to go back to this, you know, you need to. And it's like, all right, you know, we'll see.
0: I I just don't see it. I don't see where going back goes forward. I see if you love your fans every once in a while, if you're really on a tip where you're just like, we've been hitting this record so hard, let's drop something so OG. People go, what the fuck? That I agree with. That I, that I, I can that. understand. But when, when we're talking about art, we're talking about forward. No one goes back. No one, I mean, you can drop to go rudimentary. I don't think that we, it would be disrespectful to call the later tracks on that little thing that's on Spotify now, the game and grooming replacement, going back. But it definitely hearkens those ideas back. Like this it, is it's still. A, it's a
1: new form. Of, it's a new form of something that we've done. Yeah. It's, it's it, like it, less, it's, it's a little more open and a little old school in that regard.
0: Again, I, I didn't initially think about having you on, but then we were texting and then obviously we're going to be down at the codes world at the end of this month to be yep. hanging. But the idea on the trip is like, hey, I, I'm tired. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of weird, not hardcore music because I get tired of the same shit. Oh, but yeah. when I when we drop when the, everything that you've dropped goes on, I play it in the car a lot ago because the car is a cool way to listen to music headphones. Oh, I cool. love the car. I'm the, a the huge car the, guy. The car is the new the the best way to listen because you gotta be you're you're still actively doing something where you sit down, it'll infuse it. But yes, in, the the audiences in the car have been holy shit or oh nice. shit, they're going back. And that's what we want. And then not that you care what the, the realmers think, but everyone was Oh, like, I love that. I fuck you know I love that I <laughs> we, care had, more about we had that. some long we had a long drive and we put this on and and, and and it and it is interesting to watch your watch your ascending shit. And I don't think that people realize how much it's easy to look. It's easy to look and say, oh, well, they got these records, but to put what you guys put into it is hard. And to continue on into it is harder. Um, I, I like that you guys are still you. You guys have grown and everybody has to grow, but I think that you guys are still you. Um,
1: Thank you, man. Thank you so much for that. I God. really do fucking appreciate it. And you're my boy and I don't got a lot of boys, so. No, I, I mean, again,
0: like it's surreal. Like we had, we had some fun original like hangout meetings where I was breaking balls, but I, I am proud that you are sitting where you're sitting, and I'm proud where you guys have gotten to.
1: Thank um, you,
0: bro. And, and dude, I
1: want to say something about your shit. I had such a fucking great time at the fest, and it totally remind, like, it reminded me that like you know, hardcore is like a big fucking spectrum or whatever but your corner of it your version of it your playpen of it that's my version of it you know like when i was there i was just like this is where i'm supposed to be i was like everybody else can be at whatever else but this is this is our shit because it just has like a i don't even know how to explain it but it just has like an energy and a feeling of what i Love about this shit And what I always loved about it And I feel like It's just something in the water The way we do things You know Over here And um, The bands of course But just like The the way the community And how there's a lot of The old school brothers Still around And just getting to see A lot of different people And and, Dude Fucking wisdom And chains at that thing Sounded better than like You know how many Like rock festivals I've played And like walked by And heard like whoever's on the radio, they fucking without a sound check, without a nothing sounded better than all of those fucking bands. Telling I was you like, the, this is like one of the greatest. They, I was like, I literally watched it from the crowd. I was like, this is one of the greatest bands of all time. The, I mean, they're the, fucking unbelievable.
0: They are the band and, and the world doesn't see it because again, when we Fuck talk man. about, when we talk, when we talk about the hardcore world, we talk about everybody wants to do either what's new or what's old and hasn't been seen. And yes, with the exception of 2012, they've played every year because they are the keystone of this whole thing. And I'm telling you, I, I, I can name the list of bands that have come to me promoting and say, "We we don't want to play after Wisdom Chains in Philadelphia."
1: I don't either, and that's You're the whole out. thing. Like, oh. and I always they say, "Can headline same. every? They can headline every year. I mean,
0: I, it's, you can it's put it's them tr- on last every year." So for those not getting the the, under the full the scope of this so i have this thing about people who have played the fest especially with the headliners and just people who have been a big part of this as hardcore the day the door is open like i want jamie at the fest to hang out if they're not playing and i made code orange little laminates for you guys just because i wanted you guys to remember like look
1: i love that
0: this is what it is you guys came up here this was your this was your uh, playground. This was the beginning where you guys started really fucking tearing people's fucking faces off. Oh, and I don't really? and oh, yeah. I, I really don't ever want you to ever think that the door or like there's like this glass dome around it. And because I, I my office is right where you guys were hanging a lot of time, I saw you genuinely enjoying conversations.
1: Oh, and yeah, I know
0: dude. and I know when you're getting punished because I've seen your I'm getting punished faced. So no, I would, walk. I was again punished. No, 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 no. So I would walk by and I would see you genuinely talking to people and your peers and people you like. And I, I didn't even want to get involved. I said, I'm happy to see the kid here. We, and, uh, I ran into everybody at the. Sh- I, I, all, everybody came up to me. Hey, thanks for the past. we were so glad to come and hang out. And everybody, I mean, Goldman was so fucking psyched. Everybody Dude, was. He, so- he lives for
1: the shit. Yeah, and he's he's, literally, he for literally he literally said he's <laughs> like he's
0: like this was like us playing without playing. Everybody was with us. It was great. And I want you to remember because sometimes when you play these shows and you're far from this thing of, uh, that I do every year, you're never away from it. You're you're uh, you're engaged. Totally. You you're, you you were brought up in this. And I love you guys as people. I love your band. You guys have done a lot for Philadelphia Hardcore, Pennsylvania Hardcore, and for Pittsburgh Hardcore. So you're never going to be out of the scope of who belongs there. You just happen to tour sometimes when it is because it's, you're up and it's a big deal. And we're in oh, summer. yeah. But every, almost every, every time. Yeah. Every, I, you guys could have set up a merch table. I wouldn't give a fuck because I just want you guys still being a part of it. I want you to always remember you're a part Dude, of it. Dude,
1: I. Dude, I felt that so much, and we feel that, and it feels so much like our community. And, like, I just know also all the dudes, all the guys who at the time were younger guys, but, you know, the dudes who've been around you forever, like Bob and, you know, I, and we're so close with them. And so, like, that's kind of to us, like, your area is kind of like our second home. And then to see our home, like, so for people who don't know, yeah, my, like, my best friend's band, is called pain clinic and my jujitsu coaches in it. And my best friend sings and a bunch of my buddies are all in it and they got the play. And so just having all my boys from home there, and it just felt like home base. Cause now like Pittsburgh is fully connected with the Philly thing. And I, I like to think that we had a little bit to do with that. Dude, like she huge, she it, was to deal with it. And just, I love it, dude. It's awesome. And everybody's, as you could tell, as you've made friends with those guys, they're very like-minded you know what i mean we're all kind of cut from a similar cloth and it's a little different than other shit if that makes sense
0: No, it's it's why it's so easy to connect we don't feel like we have to we're not like two rival tribes exchanging ideas we're from 300 miles apart from each other but it's the same fucking situation you see western pa rivers bridges philadelphia east coast or east side still rivers bridges hills trees and then, crazy city in the middle. Of some for some godforsaken reason, they built a city yeah. around it. Pittsburgh and Penzi- Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia have, has been so divided because it's three hundred and fucking fifty-one miles apart. But it's not like you go one place. I mean, and that's the love that we're starting to finally build up after all these years. Um, because we should start wrapping this up, and we should also talk Code World. Why okay. and what is Code World?
1: So I just wanted to, you know, put something together for Pittsburgh. We don't really have uh, something where we can bring all these bands in and do something, you know, a little above your normal show. Uh, originally, it was going to start as kind of like a more of a mixed genre kind of thing. And then it kind of turned more into a hardcore based thing, which I think for like the first run of it makes a lot of sense. You know, uh, it's all bands that I really like we got mad ball fucking ogs awesome dudes as well and always treated us really well uh you know vane we got e town who decided to do it just off instagram which is fucking awesome <laughs> That's so great and then uh dude it was, it was literally the greatest thing ever and a pain of truth um 200 stab wounds um fucking ton of bands man so i think it's going to be Badass. I'm excited. It's, it's, it's leaned a little bit more of a hardcore thing than I would have even originally thought in its inception. But the idea is to just kind of like start building something and see where it goes, you know?
0: Now, I think that it's important that you guys have that touch. and, And because of preserving underground, which we've had AJ on the show, you know, there's a big thing that comes with now Pittsburgh having preserving underground is now preserving hardcore, and yeah. it's a multi venue building with a record store that you guys are now able to host the coolest event because you're able to put all
1: these bands on totally cuz of him man they and cuz of the, those boys well uh, i mean again it's it's a, well.
0: it's it's the community that pittsburgh has built up i mean we talked about it in the first episode the importance of what aj did bringing you guys on them original tours That's led absolutely. to where we're talking now and I think that people don't really understand how much, I mean, you brought up Bob Wilson, Bob Wilson has been supporting code since the early days. Hair. Every, uh, the code, the code agitator bond was big, you know, like there's this, this entire thing. And then totally. now the code's name is so entrenched in hardcore and beyond. It's cool that you guys have stepped out and said, Hey, we're inviting you to our hometown, to our home base, we're gonna put a show on that you probably would never see somewhere else, and we're gonna celebrate it. And we'll be out there, really excited. We'll, we're I'm really so f- glad.
1: I'm so glad. I'm so excited. I think that's fucking. It's fucking I, awesome. I, I
0: I am finally at the stage, in my um uh, by my forties, where I want to go somewhere, where I don't have to have responsibility. Hey, if you guys need me to help pick up and grab something, I'm gonna do it. But I finally yeah. am like,
1: you I'm might f- have to pick up and grab someone
0: not something <laughs> that's, what, <I'm> saying. <laughs> that's like, what you might have to do yeah. you know like I'll, I'll probably be in my spot at some point but the thing, yeah. thing is is like for me this is a time where i get to hang out and be the hanger out or at something that someone else is doing but kind of a doer like i like at fya yeah i'm gonna come down bob and now i do
1: i do the fucking a well, lot fya of is a whole fucking crazy thing because they're building the stage they're doing I, love like it. The- I love it i love it that shit is something i this is just like we got our venue you know it's my buddy's venue like we this is the the fya is like some fucking insane shit he's like i'm like he's the
0: he he built this thing up it's so cool the last thing that we did at at fya last year for not that anyone's gonna care this is i was underneath the stage because it was yeah i know physically kicking the panels up because the stage got locked in. So I got tired. I'm like, all right, I'm going under, and I crawled under, and was just kicking it, going get it. The f-
1: <laughs> wasn't see. there some fucking gimmick that happened where like the guy didn't come, like the company couldn't come to like take the stage down, like the people who are come, supposed to deconstruct the stage, and you were just like, all right, let's go, and just you, would, yeah, like, we just had to fucking. Well,
0: listen, Bob Wilson. Bob Wilson has done more work for me than any human being alive. Yeah. And he's my brother. He's done more in my family. He's done more just as a person than for me. So if someone said, hey, listen, for FYA to happen, someone's got to get shot in the leg. I'm going to give him my leg to get shot in. If Bob Wilson says, hey, um, this, these guys are running late with the stage, yeah, we're going to fucking we're gonna, I'm going to get the team together. We're going to work hard. Yeah. I got Kevin Hare, you know, your man was Ty was out there with us. Like
1: yeah. and as
0: a, we do this as a team. And I and I love the idea that as doers And we're all from the same state and we're all from the same friend group that it's like, okay, cool. We're in the West or the Western PR. We're going to help them guys out because, you know, them guys are out there helping us with the tables and chairs at the end of the fucking fest. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's what our community is done. We do this shit by ourselves so we could do this shit the right way. And I see that in you guys. I see that in AJ shit. And it's just awesome to be around people. And, yeah, it is awesome that we're all from the same fucking state. It's like, oh, shit, it doesn't matter. I love it. it. doesn't matter how far the miles are away. We're doing the same kind of things, you know?
1: We need to – and that's the thing. I feel like I love the the brotherhood because all these other fucking places are clicked up. We got to get clicked up too, man. We, we're we we're, we're good to go. We got Pittsburgh, Philly. So, fuck everywhere else.
0: I, I could – at this stage in the game, I, I could not uh, agree more. Um, especially like uh we've got the Keystone Jam ready to by the time the by the time code comes, the code's world, I'll have all the flyers for Keystone Jam. I'll have them out. But like it's just cool that this whole this whole area is excited and doing shit and like uh it's just a good time to be around you guys. Uh I wanna say that for people who don't understand the code thing, you gotta go back. You gotta go back and see the evolution because if you're presenting yourself with what's in front of you, you're gonna miss. The evolution era And then we talked about The evolution era And where it got you And where you're at And this conversation Is kind of like A touch up A touch in To see where your head's at And you're right where I thought you'd be And I'm, I'm excited To see what's going to happen next But what else What else should we be Looking for from you guys Before we drop out Of this uh, conversation
1: Dude just check this record out I really believe in this record I know I've said it Like a million times In this conversation Street date is when? nine twenty nine. Yeah I believe Fuck. Yeah, so day before our fest here in Pittsburgh, and then yeah, we'll get out there a couple months later, and there will be a tour, and we'll be everywhere, and we'll do the whole deal. But and just while there's a little bit of time, just take the record. And it's one of those. So I think everyone who likes uh, heavy music will find something to enjoy. Just rock music in general, and hardcore, and metal, and all these things. So check it out. You know.
0: Well, thank you once again, my brother, for a great conversation. I again can't tell you how proud I am of what the kids have become and turned Code Orange into an international fucking sensation. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But it's not because I know what you put into it. It's unbelievable if you don't see the story as it unfolds, but knowing a little bit under the trunk, I'm happy where you guys are at, and I'm happy where you're going forward. And those tracks really fucking blew me away, so I hope that they blow the world away.
1: Thank you, man. You're the fucking – you're the OG – you're the man to me it's fuck everyone else you so, know where I, you know you know where I'm at
0: no nope. thank you so much my friend and we will talk you,
1: later on all right yeah talk talk soon peace out
0: well 123 episodes later we get a second interview with Jamie he's on to more incredible shit every single time the band's progression is nothing short of fantastic and just shows you with the right drive and the right Really balls to push yourself singularly with one goal in mind. You can get there. Took them a long time. A lot of hard work. And they are still, despite the size, fame, popularity, one of the most DIY bands at it. Code's World is a big show. It's happening September 30th. And it is Code Orange Madball Vane. E-Town Concrete, 200 stab wounds, pain of truth, gridiron, 1-800 pain, wrist meets razor, live it down, hazing over, pain clinic. This shit starts at 3pm. It's two stages, preserving, underworld, it's gonna be something completely fucking unreal. This venue is so sick, again, hardcore. In Pittsburgh really came up when AJ started getting this together. The record label, multiple multiple room venue, all in one spot. Or not record label, record store. And Code Orange putting it out there. So we'll be there. Hopefully we'll see you. And again, thanks for supporting the podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you all next week. TIHC Podcast for any kind of notes. And you can hit me up on the Instagram and shit if you listen to this stuff. So, thank you. And shout out to all the remaining code people who I haven't had on the podcast. You guys are fantastic as well. It's not just Jamie. All right. Goodbye.